Hey, let's talk about Christina Aguilera. Christina Aguilera is releasing her first new Spanish album in 20 years with a trilogy of EPs combining to her completed work simply called Aguilera. We are currently in the midst of her second part called La Tormenta, and I have to admit, it's very good. As someone who was a huge fan of hers from 1999 to 2002 before she fell off in my eyes, this is her best music since 2000, in my opinion. I'll take it a step even further. This sounds like she's finally back at her element after years of not sticking the landing musically. And who would have thought that her best album since her first Spanish album would be her second Spanish album. Listen to La Reina. Listen to those vocals. Listen to that tenor. could never. Maybe not even Adele could never. No offense to any of them. Aguilera's return to form here with La Reina cements her place in music history as clearly one of the best vocal talents we've ever been blessed with. But that's the problem. Whenever we discuss the most successful female music artist in pop music history, <clears throat> Aguilera can never really be put in that conversation of goat status or even in the Mount Rushmore, right? If you stack up her resume alongside that of Madonna, Britney Spears, Janet Jackson, and even recent successful singers like Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, and even Pink, hers comes up short, doesn't it? Even Avril Lavigne has outsold her. Now, she will not be crying about her career as she has sold millions of copies over her 20 plus years of singing and has signed plenty of lucrative contracts in music and television. Not saying she is ending up serenading small crowds at karaoke bars, but surely this voice sample. Should have done better, right? Am I crazy to believe this? How can this voice how can this obvious talent be attached to just two number one hits since Bush Jr. became president? Me, the failed screenwriter, is going to hypothesize that the biggest setback to Christina Aguilera's career, her potential, and her placement in music history is that she chased successful trending sounds and other trending artists rather than coming up with an artistic persona that truly defied her. After her first two albums, we can never really pinpoint what's a Christina Aguilera song. We can never really agree on what is her signature track. Like, <clears throat> we know a Taylor Swift track when we hear one. Same with Rihanna, same with Adele. I think Aguilera and her creative teams constantly sought after what sells above what fits Aguilera's skill set for far too long. And it ended up with her talent and loyal fan base selling records but never producing the top-tier output that she is definitely capable of. And a 20-year gap between Spanish-language albums, which to me is a crime. And I know, 
<clears throat> 75 million copies sold is indeed a success. Can't deny that. But not even being able to outsell Jennifer Lopez? Not even being able to host a Super Bowl like Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, and once again, Jennifer Lopez? Clearly we fumbled somewhere. And I think I can find where it went wrong. And together we can try to figure out what it can teach us about expectations, creativity, and the tricky balance between what you know is authentically good and what you know will actually sell. We're going to the past to unveil Aguilera's biggest and also most unnecessary obstacle, Britney Spears. Welcome to Coffee and a Script. reminder that this is all a mix of opinion, speculation, and theorizing. I might be wildly off, but as I've said, this is all coming from someone who is a huge fan of Aguilera up until that stripped album, and after I just couldn't vibe with her musically. I'm sending this out so that nobody contacts Aguilera and snitches on me, like those fools that tag celebrities on Twitter as a reply on somebody else's post. That stuff is awful and snitchy. Stop that! All this is out of love and a slight sadness for what could have been. Nothing more, nothing less. Now, on to the sponsor. Antonio is a broke single father who is inches from losing his home to foreclosure. He slaves away working the overnights at a diner full of bad vibes and even worse customers. However, one of his regulars is offering him an, an opportunity of a lifetime, but it might cost him his life. The movie Overtime follows Antonio as he spends a brutally violent week doing favors for Nelson, a mysterious bounty contractor also experiencing problems at his workforce. Together, they try to take down criminal after criminal that authority forces are too scared to pursue. But as the week approaches its end, there is one pursuit that will not just threaten the lives of our main characters, but also of Antonio's children and the woman he loves. Overtime is an action-packed dark comedy from Milton E. Mousepin, available for any movie studio to purchase for the low price of $500,000. But if you want to pay more, you will not complain about that. Please, buy this script. Buy it. Alright, back to topic. Christina Aguilera was meant for stardom, seemingly from the beginning. As a teenager, she was submitting covers of Whitney Houston songs to Disney in hopes of singing for the upcoming Mulan soundtrack, which, by the way, takes some true courage. Aguilera's career had its first major breakthrough in 1998 by singing Reflection for the Mulan soundtrack and making some strides in adult contemporary radio circles. That song deserved better, guys. Why, why didn't we listen to this song more? All right, anyway. Around this time, there was another teenage singer that was making waves, except her waves were tsunamis. Britney Spears, in September 1998, released the song Baby One More Time and was basically shattering expectations and records left and right. With the music video, this new pop sound was capturing everyone's attention and the track became one of the best-selling singles in the entire history of music. It's this song that would help Aguilera's record studio speed up her schedule, to become musically unleashed into the world. Just after a year after Reflection, Christina Aguilera releases Genie in a Bottle, her first major single. By August 1999, 
Her album comes out, and within the span of a year, she has three songs that makes it to number one in the Billboard Hot 100. Random fact, Aguilera's first album produced more number one songs than Spears' debut, despite selling 10 million fewer copies. Funny how sales numbers works. I'm not trying to make this a silly competition, but Aguilera's first album I thought was superior. Yet her first two singles didn't really show off her singing abilities. Then comes the song that I personally believe should have become the launching point for her career, should have been the song to establish her presence and her overall sound. This was the coming out party for Christina. I think this was the one which really turned heads, much like what happened when Baby One More Time grabbed everyone's attention and everyone gravitated towards Britney Spears. The lyrics, the vocal range, the variety, that little sexy Latina edge in her sound, it was practically the perfect pop song for Christina Aguilera. In the summer of 2000, the English version of Come On Over spends four weeks on top of the Billboard Hot 100 in the United States. And then a few months later, it was released in Spanish, and that song, that version, spent multiple weeks on top of the Hot Latin charts. Side note, very overlooked fact about the the boy band era is how fast they made their albums. Between 1999 and 2000, Backstreet Boys, Christina Aguilera, and Britney Spears had released two albums each. And here we are today, still waiting for another Rihanna album. Sorry. Had to get that off my chest. Rihanna, please come back. I think 2000 should have been the moment where Aguilera finds her creative footing, as her best album easily was released and it was in Spanish. Mi Reflejo was a massive success and a great Spanish debut for a singer with Ecuadorian background, and up until 1999, very limited actual experience speaking Spanish, let alone singing it. Despite the limited knowledge and experience, her voice is greatly suited for singing in the language that is notorious for its romantic rhythms. Her covers of the 1999 hit singles in Spanish were just as good and expressive, even if they were strangely met with cynical reviews at the time because they accused her of just trying to capitalize on multiple markets. We'll get back to that part later. Mi Reflejo sold over 2 million copies in the Latina music market, which at the time were phenomenal numbers. And at the time, my teenage self was such a fan, and I wanted so much more of this from her. More of this sound. And it never came, because unbeknownst to me, she was changing her agent and was preparing to change her sound completely. A more empowering, feminist, and sexually suggestive sound. And guess who else was doing the same? Britney Spears' third album would simply be titled Britney, and would become Spears' most mature, sexually charged, and most, supposedly, musically complex album to date. Her pop sound was being complemented with bits of R&B and hip-hop. Released in October 2001, it would predate Christina Aguilera's new coming-out party by an entire year. Also predating Aguilera's musical revolution was Pink, as she ditched the R&B sound for a more pop-rock album that was very well received by her fans and by most in the music industry. With the pop singers that emerged in the late 90s gaining more power at the beginning of the 21st century, we were generally excited at seeing what Christina had to offer under new management. And then came that first single. Dirty is when I think the creative wheels were beginning to fall off. 
The music video and the song itself were controversial because they were more explicit than what was anticipated from Aguilera. This type of controversy also followed Janet Jackson and Britney Spears, but it was hit hardest here. For whatever reason, the disdain was strongest with Aguilera, and I think the feedback from her fandom wasn't as positive as what we saw from the other two female singers. To a lot of us, this felt like it was following a trend, following Britney Spears' footsteps as opposed to someone who was making music her own way. Also, the song was straight up trash. The album itself was fine. But gone or hidden were the Latina notes you were enjoying back in 2000. As a matter of fact, if you find her stripped album on Spotify and play it all, her best moments are those with the Latina rhythms that fans like me were kind of anticipated to be more prominent. To be more specific, I think Infatuation is her best song. What most supported my theories is that Aguilera was just following the close footsteps of Britney instead of forming her own path was her decision to perform at the 2003 VMAs alongside Madonna and Britney Spears. All this sounds irrational, but I didn't want her so associated with the queens of pop. Aguilera is capable of so much more. Her singing abilities shouldn't be capped here. She should be heading more towards Whitney Houston territory and not more so much towards Madonna. You don't have to be the next Madonna. You could never really claim that label anyway. Other singers during that time were successful forming their own path, like Pink and Beyonce. The move also notoriously didn't even pay off, because after Britney kisses Madonna, the camera cut away from the performance entirely to get Justin Timberlake's reaction, and everyone watching at home was completely unaware that Madonna kissed Christina as well. Aguilera would release a few more albums, would play backup vocals on multiple successful songs, had her own Dreamgirls-esque acting singing attempt with Cher on the film Burlesque, while also experiencing a successful career as a reality television star with judge work on The Voice. As I've always argued, she will not be upset at her bank account records, and I'm sure she feels like she's succeeded enough. Nobody should be losing sleep about Aguilera's career. But man, I just can't help but wonder, what if she had stuck with her Spanish sound? What if she doubled down on it? Do you want to know what album came out one year before Aguilera's stripped album and to this day remains just as popular as when it first debuted? Yes, Whenever Wherever is around the same age as Pink's Get the Party Started, Britney Spears is overprotected, and Mary J. Blige's family affair. This song has aged so damn well, its relevancy to today's music runs circles around the others, never feeling like it's 20 years old. Yeah, there's some bias here, I'm a Shakira super fan, but shut up. I've always maintained that the career Lindsay Lohan should have ha- could have had ended up going to Emma Stone. In this case, the career Christina Aguilera could have had here in the States, and globally, ended up going to Shakira, whose dual-language laundry service would release in November 2001 and to this day remains one of the best-selling albums of this entire century and would instantly send Shakira into the next level of superstardom and crash the United States music scene. In a musical role reversal, Shakira's English in 2000 was limited, 
but she wanted to give it a try and she re-recorded some of her previous music in English and as a result, Laundry Service sells 13 million copies and ushers in a new era for Shakira as well as a new block of fans. At the turn of the century, the influence of music from Latin America was seeping in deeper and deeper into the American music scene, and Shakira took the baton from Christina Aguilera as the latter wouldn't return to making Spanish music for two decades. In the meantime, Shakira makes the theme song for the World Cup twice, performs in the Super Bowl with Bad Bunny as her backup guest, and I guess with Jennifer Lopez, becomes the best-selling female Latina artist of all time, and on Spotify has 49 million monthly listeners, myself included. So yes, Aguilera's record sold. But what if she stuck with the Espanol? What if she sought the help of Gloria Estefan and made more Spanish records with that epic voice? With her latest work, we're seeing what we've been deprived from for a very long time. Aguilera seemingly in her element, belting out beautiful harmonies and flirting with the reggaeton and the Latin urban beats with other, other successful Latina artists like Becky G and Osuna. I think opportunities were missed. I still think that she didn't distance herself enough from the pop sound, didn't deviate from what was the typical sound. That even when she tried more experimental work to mixed results, we still weren't seeing a return to trying music with Latina sounds and rhythms, not even a cover. You don't think Aguilera can do justice to a Gloria Estefan or a Selena song? Now, research will tell you that her first agent may have been abusive, power-hungry, and trying to control Aguilera's career and every move. There were firings, lawsuits, etc., so I am not knocking her for leaving the first music bosses considering the, the mental damage. My little thesis here is merely explaining that her new team, after her newfound freedom, should have used Mi Reflejo as a beacon for her future and not, oops, I did it again. Mi Reflejo still stood taller than all of her later works, even with all her musical evolutions and experimentation. Aguilera's nonetheless well-deserved fame and popularity comes from her strong messages of feminism, self-esteem, and sexuality within her music among singing about other mature topics that has resonated with her fans, especially those within the LGBTQ community that she's a proud supporter of. It is crucial that we highlight the importance of some of her work, especially with the song Beautiful way back in 2002 when the music video featured a controversial moment where two men are passionately kissing. I know, controversial moment because two people are kissing. Where have I heard that before? I think in a Pixar film recently. I won't take any of this away from her. I just wish we had more Latina representation within her music catalog. I feel like it would have helped her career and would have blessed us with even better music and more music from her. Shakira formulated her own path, not only ignoring the typical pop sounds at the time, but even dwelling into unknown and seldom used rhythms and melodies from the Middle East and from indigenous regions in South America to produce her beautiful and popular music. Massive success followed us discovering her authentic sound, discovering who she was musically. We all know what a typical Shakira track sounds like. We recognize and enjoy the flavor. And yes, it does help that she's gorgeous and a hell of a dancer. I feel like with Aguilera, because of all the changes, trend chasing, loose experimentations, and fraying away from her best music, we never saw the full potential, and with that we never got peak Aguilera, arguably until 2022 with this album. I'm proud of her work, I'm proud of her message, but I also ponder what could have been. At the end of the day, 
it really should have been her performing with Shakira in the Super Bowl instead of Jennifer Lopez. Sorry, but not really sorry. She deserved better than being outsold by nearly every other popular singer during her era, from Nora Jones to Pink to Jennifer Lopez. But hey, better late than never. She's back for now. So let's close this out by hearing a little bit more from her new music. DIAC1987.com where you can find the different ways to support me or at the very least provide me money to support my unhealthy obsession with iced coffee. Shout out to the Pancake Chef from OC Remix for the music I used in the introduction. Remember to register to vote, stay safe, support your neighbor, and I'll see you next time. And please, once again, do not let Christina Aguilera hear this podcast. I'm done! Let's go!